Tailgate Talks. This is week 98, episode 142. And once again, we are officially powered by our friends at Guns Up Nation. We've got an exciting episode for you guys. We're going to be talking Texas Tech offense, and we're going to be breaking it down with our friend of the show, R.C. Maxfield. So can't wait for you guys to listen to that interview but first, make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify, rating us on Apple and Spotify, five stars always. And also, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that review. All of that means a lot to us, so be sure you are doing that if you are a fan of us. Uh, we always love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Uh, that's where we do most of our posting. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to follow our personal accounts, you can uh, follow Dustin at DustinWimmer22 and myself at Calvin B. Barrett. Also follow our YouTube channel where we post videos from time to time on uh, our podcast. So we'll be posting the full interview with RC Maxfield on there for you guys uh, to watch. Go follow and subscribe to that channel to be alerted anytime we post a video. And also, if you have any questions, comments, or anything you want to add to the tailgate, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's get into this week's tailgate. We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Man, I've been waiting all my life to do everybody we've got an awesome episode for you we're going to be breaking down texas tech offense this season with our guy rc maxfield friend of the show third time we've had him on it's a little different since the last time you've been on arlie is no longer part of the show uh, i think he was scared of his jaguar bets you know that he made with you i think he was scared Probably. of paying his bets off <laughs> yeah yeah you know he, he can only put so much faith into urban meyer just ask his wife right oh yeah <laughs> Uh, that is very true, but this year it's a little different. So last year we were drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Of Matt Wells, we were excited heading into that season. Obviously, we know how that turned out. Now enter Joey McGuire. So RC, just as we are a little bit less than three weeks away from the official kickoff of the Joey McGuire era, just kind of let us know how you're feeling about it, how excited you are for this new era of Texas Tech football. It's just wild. I mean, I... You know, I've I've really only been like in the grand scheme of things, like a relatively new follower of Texas Tech. You know, in the grand scheme right. of things, I I didn't really care about Texas Tech before I got accepted into the school, rightly or wrongly. But right. you know, yeah. once you got accepted, you I just kind of engulfed myself in it. And um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm thinking about it since 2013. I, I maybe a little bit. When Cliff, you know, they they won that bowl game out in California against Cal. Right. Um, Davis Webb. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was some hype around that Davis Webb being the next great quarterback, and then they ended up going four and eight. But I I think overall, this is probably the most excited since I've actually started paying attention to Texas Tech, and rightfully so. It's not it's not one of those excitements where you're excited over nothing in terms of results so far. I guess on the right. field results, right? But you look at what he's done in the recruiting, you know, cycle. Um, it's, it's, it's just wild, man. I mean, like I, I, I thought whoever they got 
at the head coaching position would obviously do better. It felt like Matt Wells was just on the chopping block the minute um, he right, lost yeah. his first game, which is not fair to him, but it's the business, I guess. Um, but this just feels so drastically different in the way that fans are approaching it. Um, and really even media members too, you know, I've talked to people, um, that cover the team and everything. And it's just like, man, it, it just feels different in the way that they're talking about it. And I think that that says something, um, in the sense of obviously you want to stay non-biased and it's definitely difficult being a tech right. grad to be that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's justified and it doesn't feel like we're just, you know, talking to talk about tech football there's actually some excitement about it and yeah they're going to let you down that's every college football team but there's also going to be super highs you know and that's something um that i don't think tech has really had outside of a couple of games last season in the past you know half decade uh six seven years so it's been it's been incredible man i'm very interested to see what he does obviously um you know recruiting only goes so far you got to put some points up on the board and outscore the opponent but um hey that starts here in the next three weeks, man. And I couldn't be more excited for it. Yeah. He's brought some juice and I can't remember the last time I cared about recruiting as much as I have been just <laughs> with him because we, we didn't have anything, man. It was like, we were never in on these top guys. I think, you know, Cliff in his first couple of years with Jared Stidham and Bahoka, like some of that stuff was exciting, but after that it really fell off a cliff and hasn't been yeah. the same since. So no. So Joey McGuire comes in. Uh, we've had David Yost. We've had, Sonny Cumbie at OC, which I don't, you know, I think he did a pretty good job last year considering oh, phenomenal. the quarterback changes that we have. Yeah. But now enters Zach Kitley. So just kind <laughs> yeah. of talk about Zach Kitley and what you think that we are getting from a guy whose offense put up video game numbers last year with him and Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky. Uh, just what do you think that we're getting him that we might have been lacking as an offensive coordinator over the last couple of years? Yeah, first and foremost, happy birthday. To Zach Kitley. Yeah. I don't know if y'all saw that. It it's his birthday. Yeah. I think he's like 31, which is just an yeah, ultimate he's like our slap age. in the face to me. <laughs> yeah. Just ultimate slap. He was on campus when I was on campus, which is just disgusting. Yeah. I've done nothing. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my best friends is like really close friends with him, and we're in a little fantasy league uh, together here soon. And so I'll you know get some dirt on Zach if I can from him. Absolutely. That's what you got to do. You got to bring the guy down a little bit, mostly because of the hype right. thing, but also the hype around his offense. No, I think. I think really the thing you're getting with Zach Kittley more than um, really any coordinator you've had outside of maybe Sonny Cumbie last year, it's just realistic expectations for your players, right? You're going to put them in a proper position to succeed. You know what they're good at. And he knows he's got athletes that are versatile. So I think he's going to put the best players on the field. He's not going to try and force yeah. anything um, when it comes to scheme or anything. I think a lot of these older coaches and this isn't supposed to be a diss, but they're just stuck in their ways, right? They're not adaptable. Yeah. And I think Zach Kitley is adaptable. I think that you've seen that at his two previous stops, whether that's Houston Baptist, Western Kentucky, he puts his quarterback and his players in the proper place to succeed. Now, will it always work? No, it's football. The other team has right. something to say about that. But I think when you look at everything he does right, there's a lot more rights than there are wrong. And mostly that's because he is okay with adapting and being okay with being wrong and thinking, okay, this should be our plan. And then you go into the game after those first 20 plays and you see, oh gosh, we're going to have to change everything and do a total 180. I think Zach is okay with doing that when other OCs on campus really haven't been okay with that. Um, and also I think he's just going to be able to create more space, which is something that Tech desperately needs to create on offense. It feels like last year 
it was, hey, you're either throwing outside the numbers and not using the middle of the field at all, or you're running straight up the A or B gap. And there's no in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's going to change. I, I know people are probably scared of this, you know, type of play after David Yost, but there will be, you know, uh, the swing passes out in the flat again. Um, there will yeah. be those, but they're going to be more efficient now because right. you're going to be able to put your athletes there and it's not just going to be repetitive over and over and over again. Um, you're going to be able to mix those in and not feel like every drive there's, you know, one or two wide receiver screens and you're like, dude, what are we doing here? We only had three plays. They know what's coming. Um, that brings so me yeah. back to the Neil Brown days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, oh, it's one of those things. I think pointless screens and whatnot with him. Yep. And he's, he might get fired after this year. I mean, my goodness, yeah, uh, yeah, not, not doing well. Maybe uh, Graham Harrell saving JT Daniels too. But I think that's what you can expect most of all um, from Zach is just the adaptability factor of it and being able to fully know as a fan, person covering the team, whatever, hey, I'm putting the players in the best possible situation to succeed. Um, and I think other coaches have tried to do that, but I think Zach has executed it at a much higher level at two stops already. Dustin, kind of same question to you, man. What are you excited for with Zach Kittley that, you know, we might have not seen here on offense maybe since the Cliff days? Yeah, I'm excited that they're very adamant about, like, we want to score as many points as possible. They're wearing the 50-burger shirts at practice. And like like you just said, RC, like, he's admitted, like, I'm going to have the best guys on the field in the best positions. Like, I'm not going to go down swinging with, you know, Taj Brooks on the sideline standing by me or whatever receiver comes out, you know, as that second or third guy or these tight ends, like he's not going to hold back just for the sake of his, his script or, or whatever. And I think we'll get into that a little bit more, but I think we're going to be very versatile this year with the amount of guys and the size we have at a lot of positions. And we're going to create a lot of good mismatches with him, I believe. And he's admitted like, I'm going to go with the guys that are the best for us. And at Western Kentucky, that was our receivers and quarterback. Yep. We didn't have much on the, the running back and the O-line. And this year might be totally different and the opposite. And so we might see a little more run game than Western Kentucky. So don't get – don't everybody fall in love with that too early, too right. soon, okay? Like we're probably going to be a little more balanced this year because our running back room is very good. Um, so I'm very excited to see how he can – adapt and use all these pieces because I know a lot of them are unknown, but I think there's a lot of talent on this roster. Yeah. So RC kind of keeping with the offense here, what kind of offense are you think we're going to see this year? We got a talented running back room that we're going to get into. We've got a talented quarterback room. We've got a kind of unproven wide receiver core, and then we've yeah. got some really exciting tight ends. So if you had to predict now, you know, this Western Kentucky offense threw for 6,000 yards last year. I don't think we're going to see that. Nowhere near that. Passing. No. <laughs> what do you think? Is it going to be pretty balanced? Do you see it like 60-40 passing? Where are your, where's your head at on what this offense is going to look like? I think it's game to game, man. I think that's it. Like, yeah. I, I think there's going to be games where Tech is going to be throwing 70% of the time, and then there's going to be games where they're running 70% of the time. Again, it comes back to adaptability and just – knowing what is working um, and not getting stuck in your ways. I I think, you know, when it comes to passing, um, it was funny the other day on Twitter, I I put like a, um, hey, would you take this from your quarterback stat line? And I ran a poll and uh, I don't realize, I I don't think people realize that was Tyler Shuck's projected numbers, you know, and it was like, no, I I would 100% (laughs) take that. It's like, 
yeah, you would. He threw for 3,500 yards. The last time a Tech yeah. quarterback did that was Nick Shimanick. Think about that. Nick Shimanick. Like, we're talking half a decade yeah, ago. I, so, I mean, you I know. I ran from those off- numbers, and so I recognized it real quick. I was like, oh, that was that's what Chuck would have had last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Give me that. it's one of those deals where I think um, you're, you're right, Dustin, in the sense that um, the running backs are going to be used because – Let's be real. That they'd be stupid not to. I mean, when you have arguably, you know, maybe the second or third best running back room in the conference, why the hell are you not going to use them? Um, You know, you got two proven guys in Brooks and Thompson. You have a four-star running back as your third string guy in Cameron Valdez. Um, And not to mention Xavier White, who's proven it, that he can play at this level as well. So I think when you look at it, it's, you know, they're, they're going to be more adaptable. Um, as I've mentioned a couple times, but I think it's just really going to go game to game. I think when the season is over, yeah. you know, percentage wise, it'll probably be like 57, 43 pass rush. That's probably my right. guess. Maybe, maybe closer to 55. Um, but these running backs are going to be used not only on the ground, but, um, as well in the passing game. So, you know, that's going to help as well. But the, the schemes I expect, I think there's going to be 13 personnel out there sometimes where you're going to have three yeah. tight ends. I think you got, I think you have them, yeah. use them. Um, I think you're going to also see times where there's not a single tight end or running back on the field. Like you're, you're not going to know. And I think that that's the best part about this offense is whatever works best. You're going to see it that day. Um, no matter what, um, you're not just going to be dead stuck in your ways about running up an A gap or a B gap on second and eight and frustrated beyond belief watching it. Um, so I, I think that's really the big Perfect. thing. Um, but yeah, I think 57, 43, maybe 55, 45 in terms of yeah. um, percentages pass to run. I think that's probably where we're at. Yeah. Dustin, I know from us talking about that, that's kind of where your head's at is where, where it might not end up being that, but that's where you want it. Right. Cause you're all bought in on these running backs. Yeah. I'm on, and you're, you got two really good proven running backs. They're probably your best proven position, especially, I mean, even health-wise here and there, but you had at least one of them throughout mm-hmm. the season. So you know what you got in these two guys, and that's two kind of all-star type running backs, whereas <clears throat> quarterback still, you think you have some good pieces there. Receiver is very unknown. Miles um, Price just hoping to break through, and tight end, you really haven't seen these guys. So your proven guys are at running back give them the ball, let them score, let Brooks loose. And so, and see what happens. Let me loose. I want to be loose. (laughs) All right. So RC, like what are your overall expectations for this first season under Zach Kittley uh, and with this quarterback room? Yeah, I think um, I've used this word way too much already this off season, but just realistic expectations. Um, Yeah. You know, I I get it. People are drinking the Kool-Aid and, damn it do it you know like this is this is the time to be excited as a tech fan and rightfully so you know yeah you got a reason um but i think going into the season realistically no you're not going to have the number one offense in the big 12 i don't think um but i think you're going to be much improved um in the sense of it would not shock me if you're in that four or five range um and i think that that you know it doesn't sound like a lot i get it tech fans are used to we were running the big 12 at one point it's either Oklahoma or us right like it's not that case anymore this is more of a defensive league people got to realize that it's shifted drastically over the past five years Um, just look at the coaches that were hired that's all you got to do just look at the coaches that were hired and it will tell you what this league is doing Um, 
And I think, you know, you, you see what's going on. I think for me, expectations on the offensive side, um, you know, I think you should have a passer between 35 and 37 and a half hundred yards. And then rushing, I think you're going to probably rush for about 2,000 to 2,200 yards in that range, yeah. um, give or take. So, yeah, that's probably what I expect. And I think at the end of the day, that probably gets you fourth, maybe even third in the Big 12, considering um, you don't know what Oklahoma is going to do um, with right. their offense. You don't know what West Virginia is going to do. Maybe they're good with Graham Harrell and JT Daniels. Iowa State just lost their best quarterback in program history. They lost everybody Kansas, on that offense. Yeah, exactly. Kansas is Kansas. And then, I mean, my dark horse to win the Big 12 is K-State with Skylar Thompson right. and um, Deuce Vaughn in the backfield. Maybe they're much improved, too. And then you still got to talk about Texas as well. And Steve Sarkeesian is an offensive yeah. genius. Don't have to like it, but it's the truth. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, Baylor, too. But I, I think there's this is the year that um, I think expectation-wise, offensively, the numbers aren't going to be as high as you think they should be. But you maybe still finish higher overall in the conference in terms of points per game and um, yards and everything because the defense has just shifted so heavily into this conference. Yeah. You know, it's no longer the Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield chunking the ball up and there's no defenders on the field yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. so, I, I, you know, you're going to see a lot of games that are probably in that 28, 24, 31, 27 range, um, which will be a lot more fun and a lot more entertaining in my opinion. But those are my expectations for Tech, I think fourth probably offensively in the big 12 i think that's more than fair dustin yeah. to you yeah i think it's got to be somewhere in there and i would say depending on how your receivers pan out i think it's gonna hinge on how much higher or lower that can go um you know like i just said miles price is hoping to be the guy but then you just got a bunch of other dudes that you're not sure about yet and so yeah. i think that can really hinge on breaking into that second or third Right. spot or you slip into the fifth sixth or so in that area so and obviously your your quarterback situation because you you get three quarterbacks that kind of do a little bit of different stuff so health on that side and how they can grasp Kitley's offense and he uses them you know all that kind of stuff matters and and shifts throughout the years and our quarterback health hasn't been the greatest over the last handful of seasons so yeah fingers are crossed for this one yeah, definitely hoping for uh, health with that. So let's get on into it. Quarterbacks next up in uh, this interview here. So last time you felt this much confidence in a quarterback room, RC, um, from the top to the you know third string guy who could be Donovan Smith, Baron Morton. We really don't know at this point. When's the last time you felt kind of like this confidence in a room? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That simple. I don't that's think anybody's going to be Patrick Mahomes because um, that's just not no. fair. Um, but I mean, but after I, that, I think. I mean, yeah, I, I think you know. I, I don't even care who was second. That's how confident yeah. I was in Patrick Mahomes at the time in the quarterback position. But it also changes because um, Cliff was the coach, and it felt like he, um, you know, had a lot more going for him at that point, not in the Allen Bowman years. So, um, yeah, definitely when Patrick Mahomes was on campus, that's the last time I felt confident. Um, or this confident in the QB room, but this, this QB room, I mean, I, I'm trying to think back, you know, early two thousands when you had guys like Sonny Cumbie who had to wait four years to play. Um, this is, this is by far the most heralded QB room you've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by far, you have two four-star commits 
the highest quarterback recruit ever at your university. And then you got a guy last year that won a bowl game. So, I mean, and, and then not yeah. to mention one of those four-star recruits in Tyler Shuck has already won a power five conference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's by far the deepest quarterback room you've had at least. Yeah. I, I'll say probably ever. It's probably the deepest quarterback room you've ever yeah. had. Yeah. I think you have to agree with that considering that I think if any three of these quarterbacks were starting, you feel confidence in them being able to win you a game, no matter if it's non-conference or conference play. So, I, you know, quarterback remains unknown right now. We don't know the starter. I think it's starting to look like it's going to be Tyler Shuck. If you're paying attention to RC's Twitter, he was tweeting out a bunch of Tyler Shuck clips this past week. Think that you're leaning towards Tyler Shuck being the starter here. So um, is that you calling your shot? And is that who you personally want to be the starting quarterback this season for Tech? Yeah, we're recording this on Sunday, August 14th. I I would be not shocked, but pretty surprised if Tyler Shuck is not the week one starter. From everything I've seen and um, been told from people with boots on the ground observing practice and everything and all that, I would be pretty surprised if it's not Tyler Shuck. Um, that's just, again, from what I've been told. And also, I think Shuck has been wrongly, um, you know, put in a box almost in a way. I, I think yeah. he's a lot more athletic than people give him credit for. Yeah, just a I quick agree. question. Quick question: Who who's the bigger quarterback, just physique wise? Is it Tyler Shuck or Donovan Smith? I think, like height wise, I think it's probably, Donovan. Probably and, total. It's both. It's Shuck, but your bigger yeah. body is Donovan. What if I told y'all they were the exact same height and weight? Oh shit! <laughs> All down right, to then. like like the pound, like down to the pound. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're literally the exact same size, and the crazy part is is everybody's talking about Donovan Smith and his athleticism. Tyler Shuck runs a faster 40. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, it's like, yeah, what, what really... are we doing here? Like, I, I get it. I like Donovan Smith, too. I, like you said earlier, you can't go wrong. But I think Tyler Shuck kind of got put in a box um, and wrongly put in that box, I think, by some. But also, at the same time, he was put in a lose-lose situation last year, right? You transfer in. For sure. You come in kind of late in the game because of Oregon and their weird – I don't even know how they do school up there. It's like three semesters instead of two. It's very weird. Um, he comes in a little bit late, misses some of spring practices. there for the spring game. Everybody remembers that. Um, but he was also in a no-lose – or a, win, a lose-lose situation in the sense that nobody wanted Matt Wells there. You know what I mean? Right. So like he was just he was kind of like, OK, I'm trying to save a man's job that nobody wants here. Um, yeah. But I, I think um, you can't go wrong either way. But again, I, I think Tyler Shuck is that guy. I think he is the guy week one against Murray State. Um, and as Joey McGuire said, whoever they pick for week one against Murray State, he will be the starting quarterback throughout their season. Um, unless something just obviously, you know, right. something hits the fan or an injury. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, the first snap under center in the shotgun, whatever the hell Zach Kitley calls, it'll be the Tyler shock. Yeah, I know me and Dustin both agree. We, you know, went over the offense on talking tech and we both had shuck here for me personally. I just don't think we were able to see the true Tyler shuck last year. I, I, I agree that he was kind of put in the box. I don't think Sonny really unleashed him. If you watch those first few games, it was just force feeding easy and I get it. He was a really damn good receiver so you want the ball in his hands but 
Uh, we never yeah. really got to see what I think he can be, and I think Zach Kitley is just the guy to open that up. And so I'm excited for him to actually get a chance to uh, really go out there and try to show his stuff and see why people had him on draft boards when he was coming here. Uh, I, I want to see that version of him. Dustin, you have anything to add on to Tyler Shuck here? Yeah, I want Shuck. I think he's your better overall quarterback and your higher upside as well. And I think Joey McGuire said it best too, like during Big 12 Media Day, that we'd be dumb to not use Donovan Smith's kind of Cam Newton-like Absolutely. abilities, you know, in some goal line bigger packages and just run them up your face, especially with him and Sir Roger Thompson back there and your two or three yeah. tight ends and a couple of these six, five receivers. Like that's going to be a hell of a goal line package back there. And that's just using the guys you have, like we say with Kitley. And so I think Shuck is your main quarterback and your go-to guy. And then Donovan is ready in the waiting if there's an injury and is a, is a goal line kind of package type guy, which is totally fine for now. Yeah, I agree that there's just a lot of talent there and they're like Donovan Smith is a very interesting quarterback and he he's going to be used at certain times. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see that. So I have an over under here, RC, and <laughs> kind of you talking earlier, sounds like you're going to go under here, but I want you to know how I got up to this number. So I have okay. Tyler Shuck over under 4,500 pass yards. Mm-hmm. So I took those, basically those numbers that you posted on your Twitter of what his average was last season. And I threw in throwing the ball about 10 more attempts per game. Cause last year he was averaging about 30 attempts per game. Okay. So to account for that Kittley's kind of more pass heavy offense, I threw in about 10 more um, passes a game at his 69% clip completion rate. That's about 27 passes completed a game. He was averaging about 13 yards per completion. Take all that. It's about 330 340 yards a game times 12 was about 4,512 yards. So that was just like throwing in 10 more passes a game, which is how I came up with that. Do you think that's a reasonable number there? Cause earlier I heard you talking about maybe 3,700 yards or in that range. Yeah, I think, um, I don't hate the process of you getting to that number, to be honest. I just think it's probably too yeah. high. Um, and yeah. the reason being is the running backs. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, you know, if you only had one good running back in Dodge Brooks, like, yeah, maybe. Um, I think 45 is a little too high still. Um, but I also think that the, the reason – I guess there's two folds to this, right? Like, you're right, they're going to pass more just because they're going to have more plays. Like, that's just it. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to have as many three and outs. You're going to have more opportunities to pass. Um, if you had Eric as a comma, I think you could get close to that number. Maybe not 45, right. but you could talk me into maybe like 4,250. 4, yeah, you could talk me into that. Yeah. Um, that's probably best case scenario. Um, but I think this season, and maybe this isn't fair to me, or, or not fair to me, but fair to Tyler Shuck or whoever the starting quarterback is, I would be pretty surprised if they got over 4,000 passing yards. Like any of them. Um, and yeah. the reason being, again, it all comes back to the running backs and um, just what do you yeah. have at the wide receiver position outside of Miles Price? I think you're going to be more efficient offensively too which takes away reps and takes away opportunities um so yeah. i think there's that so you know personally if I, I will take the under on the 45 um but i think i'd probably say like 37 5 3800 in that range um 
for the passing yards. And again, I, I, I'll probably uh, shock y'all when it comes to the rushing numbers. I'll say that. All right. Here for that. Dustin, I know you were under when we did this last time. Are you still remaining under on that? Yeah, and I'm under, and just from what R.C. said, and I've hinted to before, is I hope we're more yeah. balanced and use the running attack more and better in a good way, not because of injuries or inefficiencies anywhere else, but I just hope it's more balanced and running the ball to because we can. Yeah. I mean, we saw what both those guys could do against Mississippi State when they were averaging eight yards yeah. a carry, and that was a lot of fun. So I hope we can do a little more of that and not have to rely on passing for 350, 400 yards a game just to hang in there. Pass touchdowns, I did 34 and a half uh, for Shuck. RC, over, under, what do you think? Passing, um, just strictly passing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll probably take the under. Um, But it's close. That one's close. That one's close. I'd probably say like 31. Um, but I think he gets over 34 and a half total. I think he probably gets to like 37 rushes, yeah, six in, something uh, like that. Yeah. Especially with like the RPO type yeah. plays that you can run with him and Please. his ability to read, read. You're talking dirty to that. me when That's you say me. RPOs, man. You're talking dirty to me when you say RPO. RPOs. I'm telling RPO. you. RPO. <laughs> Dude, it's just, I freaking move. love them. Okay. So let's just, let's just make it 34 and a half or where would you put that number? If you're taking passing and rushing, what would you say would be a fair over under for that? Mm. For I think you're yeah. close. I think 35 and a half. 35. Yeah, I think you're like right there. Yeah. So would you go over or under on that? Counting over. rushing. Over. over. Yeah. I think, um, again, I, I'm interested. In, obviously, we don't know how Donovan Smith is going to be used, and we're assuming here that Tyler right. Shuck is the quarterback, right? Um, but let's say Donovan Smith, and he will be used in goal line stuff. I'm curious to see how much that – Yeah is interpreted into the offense because obviously that will take away opportunities from Shuck. Um, But I think, I think realistically you're just going to be more efficient. I think there's just going to be more open space. And when you put playmakers in space, typically good things happen. Um, And fluke plays happen in terms of like, how the hell did that guy get open for a 75 yard touchdown? And then boom, there's a touchdown at 75 yards for him. Um, I think that's going to happen a little bit more. Um, So yeah, I think, I'd probably take the over on the 35 and a half, but I mean, ever so slightly, I feel like just absolute capped for Tyler Shuck. Um, And again, this is me limiting him. Obviously he can go well past it, but I think my limit going into the season is like 38 total touchdowns. Okay. Dustin, are you 35 and a half rushing and passing touchdowns for Tyler Shuck? Where are you at? Yeah, that makes it a lot harder to try to figure out. I think it, it's and a tough I'm one because, like we've talked about, we don't know how Donovan Smith would be used in those packages. But also, you have yeah. two big-ass tight ends that we're going to get to talking about later. So you're <laughs> so going to have so many options when you are in the red zone. Maybe so many options. So really, like, three big tight ends. You think, like, Sir Roger Thompson. Yeah, three, yeah. Sir Roger Thompson played, like, what, just over a third of the season last year and maybe not even half, yeah. and he ran it in all the time. And so it's like – I don't know. I guess I'd take it just over, just in hopes that the offense yeah. is good. You I know? think that's where I'm at. I'll take the over because if we're over on that, that means this offense is clicking and we're seeing that success yeah. in Zach Kittley. 
is dialing it up. And so I'll take the over on that. Let's get into the running backs now. This uh, RC is saying he's got some good numbers for us. So let's get into it. So RC, this is the best Texas Tech running back room since when, in your opinion? Oh, my goodness. I mean, early 2000s. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. wild. I mean, how good they are. Like, legitimately, it's yeah. – it's, you're, you're literally talking about a four-star recruit as your third option. Like, yeah. I mean, this guy could literally start on probably like 12 to 15 power five teams right now, and he's your third guy, and you don't know how much he's going to play just because you have Taj Brooks and Sirajic Thompson. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those deals where um, – you know, everybody's thinking, oh, my gosh, there's going to be so much passing in this offense, which is true. There's going to be a little bit more. But I think people are going to be um, pleasantly surprised with how efficient the run game is because the way that Zach Kitley runs the football is similar to a Sean McVay type style, which is a zone running scheme, the zone blocking scheme, which means you don't have to have the best offensive line in the world. You just don't. Um, but they know how to create space. And when you give Taj Brooks and Sirajic Thompson space, we've already seen what they can do. Perfect example was Taj Brooks last year against Houston, who you will now play in week two at home. Um, but you played him in week one and I mean, he ran for over a hundred yards, just absolutely dominated the Cougars, um, tune throwing four picks obviously helped too, but, um, you know, you, you get these guys in space. And I think it's one of those deals where, you know, Dustin, you brought it up earlier. What's the deepest position group on this team? I don't think it's close. It's running back. Like it, it, and yeah. it's one of those deals for me where, um, you know, you got some secondary type stuff. And I know we're just talking about the offense, but I, I, I don't really care either either side of the football. Running back is your deepest position group. And you could legitimately put your fourth string running back out there, Xavier White, and I would be perfectly okay with him um, out there in terms of, Hey, I need you to run through the A gap or B gap. Like, Hey, can he run out in the flat? I'm fine with it. He's proven it. Right. Like I think people forget the K state game he had a few years ago where he rushed for over a hundred yeah. yards. Like, I don't think it's the guy you want consistently, but as your four string running back, that's stupid. It's just dumb um, to have yeah. that. So and you got Blake, yeah. Bed, Blake Bledwell, yeah, who was from SMU. Uh, SMU yeah, running transfer, back. He was yeah. in that room too. <laughs> and we're, we didn't even bring up Chad Townsend who can still play out of the backfield. He's not technically listed as a running back anymore, technically a yeah, wide receiver, but he transferred in here from Alabama as a running back. Yeah. So you have six guys that can yeah. play in the backfield that first and foremost know how to rush the football, but even better know how to catch. That's something that's going to be yeah. pivotal in this offense. So um, for me, yeah, I mean, I, I it's the deepest running back room, I mean, at least since the early 2000s, at least. Yeah, I think back to like Torian Henderson and Johnny Mack, those kind that of was, days. That was the name that came to my guys. head too. Yep. Um, and, and those were really fun. And Torian is kind of one of those guys who just, I think it's super underrated, but how consistent he was. I, what I just think back to is, and we kind of brought it up, is the bowl game last year. That was the one game that both of those guys were 100% healthy and Mississippi State couldn't do anything to stop them. It was Taj Brooks gashing him here. Sir Roderick Thompson gashing him here. They ran for almost 200 yards total. And so if you can have both of those guys super healthy, like, I mean, that's that's a force. So, Dustin, same kind of question to you. Are you on board with us, Torian, or is there another running back room that this kind of reminds you in? And what are your thoughts on this running back room in general? Yeah, I can't remember specifics because running backs over tech history like, don't really – 
DeAndre Washington out. and Justin Stockton, I think, are kind of up there. Uh, Dalyon Ward was DeAndre in that group Washington too. Was so good. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a group with I can't remember like the years. There's like a Shannon Woods and another big back that were really Baron good. Batch, the 08 year. Baron Batch, yeah, yeah. Those those guys were really good together with what all they could do. That's kind of what yeah, it reminds me of one. with the bigger type back in Sir Roderick and then a kind of all purpose back in Brooks. Remind me of those two guys and we're very good and efficient using those guys out of the backfield in every which way you could. Um and so I'm very excited for them. I, I just hope we get more of them together health-wise. Yeah, that's that's key. There was games where it was just Brooks. There was games where it was just Thompson last year. And so the stats were kind of weird at the end of the season. You ended up having Sir Roderick right. Thompson leading the team in carries with like 109. But then Todd Brooks led the team in rushing uh, with a little over 500. So RC to you, uh, do you think it's going to be similar this year where maybe Sir Roderick leads the team in carries? Or Taj Brooks leads the team in rushing. Uh, what's your prediction on that? Who leads the team in carries? Who leads the team in rushing by the end of this season? I think it might be flipped um, on carries. I think um, Dodge probably gets more carries. I think Sir Roderick's going to be used more in the pass game. Um, I, I think when it comes down to it, I, I legitimately have like a 50-50 split for these guys. Um, yeah. In the sense of like, maybe not all of the rushing yards, but how close they will be um, at the end of the season. Um, you know, last year you think about it and they were pretty close last year. Um, Texas tech as a team ran for just yeah. over 2000 yards. I want to say it was like 21, maybe got maybe close to 22, um, 2200 yards. Maybe I, I feel like it was like 2176 or something like that. I can't remember exactly, uh, but I'm in the, yeah, in the ballpark. Was- yeah, I think it was about 2,100 because I remember going back and looking. Yeah, we had 2,068 rushing yards I got this year. Okay, there we go. Right around 21. So, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I think um, I think you add like two or 300 yards to that this year um, Yeah, pretty pretty easily, um, which, again, I think would surprise some people because Zach Kitley passing Western Kentucky, right. um, Houston Baptist. Listen, the reason he didn't run at those two schools is because he didn't have the talent like he did in this running back yeah. room. It's that simple. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think um, if you're asking me who leads the group in yards, uh, rushing yards, I'm going to take Taj Brooks. Um, and I think he leads in carries too. But I think it's like, you know, Taj Brooks is at 100 and let's say, tr- just to make the math easy for me, 130 carries. So Roderick is at like 123 and then, you know, it's like that. It's like, it's so minuscule. It's like they both did. Who cares? Um, And then I think really the difference in terms of who leads the team in rushing is who has more big time plays, right? Like that, um, whether that's Brooks or Thompson, because again, it's going to be so close. It's, it's almost perfect um, in the sense of what you're trying to do because they offer, different things but they also do everything really well like they're not like brooks isn't good at one thing like i mean great at one thing um thompson really isn't great at one thing either but they're good at everything enough where it's not like a total disaster if they're on the field um so you're it's going to be interesting to see how they use them in packages um but i fully expect there to be um packages on the field where you've got two running backs 
Um, and then, you know, a tight end and two wide receivers. I expect that, honestly, not to be their base package, but they'd be stupid not to use it just because of the talent level of Thompson and Brooks and what they can, you know, pressure-wise put on a defense. Yeah, Dustin, question to you. Do you, do you have somebody leading the team in, in yards or, and that's different in carries? Where Where's your head at on those? I don't. RZ nailed it. Like, I think they're both going to do both of those things really well. And I hope they're both that close because that means we got both of them for most of the year and health wise was good. And that will just excel this team even more. I don't think anyone's going to edge the other one out just based off talent and production on the field. Cause I think both of them are going to do an excellent job, especially with what Kitley's going to put them in position to do. So I couldn't tell you who's going to like flip a coin and just give me yeah. one. Like I couldn't tell you who's going to be better and get more of which one. I think for me, it wouldn't shock me if it's similar to last year. Cause I think Brooks has more of the potential to have those breakout plays. He had several of them last year. I agree and that. I think Sir Roderick might get more carries because he is bigger um, and might get some more of that goal line carries, some more of those inside the red zone stuff. But, yeah, it's not going to shock me if they're just five carries off from each other and, you know, a couple, like, 50 yards off of each other. That's what I really hope for. And like you yeah. said, hope for health with these guys. Uh, so, RC, you kind of already got into who could be another X, X factor in the running back room in Cameron Valdez. So kind of what do you expect from him and some of these other guys in that room uh, behind these two? Because – you know, obviously they've been here for several years and Brooks and Thompson, they're the leaders in that room, but you've also got young guys trying to make an impression here early on in their careers. Yeah, I think um, Cameron Valdez is going to be interesting to see exactly how they utilize him. Um, just because you two have two guys ahead of him that are so established. Um, he can do everything though. Um, I, I, I've seen some tape on him. I've talked to people that covered him in high school. I mean, like he's, He's the complete guy. He, he, um, you know, watching some of his tape, it feels like DeAndre Washington almost in a way. Um, so obviously that would be cool for Tech yeah. to have. Um, but I, I think when we're talking about the you know, X factor, he's definitely that guy. But looking at the remaining running backs, you know, you, you mentioned it already in the SMU transfer. Um, I don't know how much he's actually going to get to play. Uh, more of a special right. teams guy probably. Um but the guy I'm most interested in, in terms of how do they utilize him, especially with the wide receiver room that is so um, inexperienced outside of Miles Price in terms of actual production, is Xavier White. Um, I'm very interested to see. I mean, this man has moved back and forth between wide receiver and running back, it seems like, every year. Um, but I think he's the kind of guy that – you can use and Chad Townsend too. I know that they moved him to wide receiver officially, right. but in my mind, he's still a running back. I think you're going to see him um, in the backfield sometimes on those jet sweeps. I think you're going to see him um, in the punt return game, um, really making an impact as well. Maybe the kickoff return game. I, I think that um, King might actually be the punt returner this year, the true freshman, which is either exciting to you or yeah. scary. One of the two. Um, yeah. But, but I think um, overall, those, those are the guys, um, obviously behind those two but if you're asking me who i'm most interested in watching um from a pure on the field how are they utilized type role it's xavier white just because i know what cameron valdez can do um i just want to see how they kind of use xavier white almost as a chess piece in a way it wouldn't shock me if he's lined up out wide 
right next to a tight end. Like, I mean, you can right. use them yeah. almost any way you want. Dustin, same question to you. Yeah, I don't know about X-Factor, but I feel better with Cameron Valdez being your third running back if one of these other guys do go down like last year. Like, I didn't feel good. I was never comfortable with Xavier White in the backfield last year. I know he's explosive and got some moves and stuff, but running him in between the tackles was never comfortable, and he had some fumbling problems here and there. And so I like him being used more as kind of a wide receiver hybrid type guy and just get him out in space a lot better. So I like having um, Cameron Valdez as your third running back to help with injuries or whatever might happen, you know, concussion one game here or there. Like your spot backup running back is, I think, at a higher level than what it has been in the years past. Yeah, I'm with RC. I am curious to see how they are going to use Xavier White. We all know nowadays that wide receiver running back is just a position. Like if you watch the NFL, Debo Samuel just getting used as a running back. Like these guys who are talented, you want to put the ball in their hands. So, you know, him and Chad Townsend, they're just trying to find ways to get on the field uh, with a loaded running back room. And so I kind of do expect to see them a lot uh, at receiver, but they do have a lot of experience lining up back there with the quarterback. So it's not going to shock me to see them all over the field. A lot of intriguing options. So RC, I'm going to kick it over to you here because you said you got some running back numbers for us. So uh, I'm just going to throw out my over unders because <laughs> I'm betting that you got higher than those. So uh, let us know what your running back numbers that you got that you're saying are way up there. Well, I mean, you just look at it last year, right? Um, where do y'all think Texas yeah. Tech finished in rushing in the Big 12? One through 10, just out of curiosity. Let's see. So we're we're comparing against Texas, who had Bijan and um, another pretty good running back there. Baylor Gaston, and Ebner as well. Baylor. Oklahoma State had a pretty good back. I would say, Kansas State. I'd say four. Yeah, Kansas I'd say four for ten. See, you just nailed my, my, my fun well, stat right there, Dustin. You stole it. Um, you stole it. Texas Tech. I was going to go way lower. I was going to go like – Seventh or eighth. Well, Texas honestly. Tech had more rushing yards than Kansas State last year. No way. Okay. Wow. So that that was because you think about it, Deuce Vaughn and those it guys like that. Deuce, like K State right. just runs the football. Texas Tech had more rushing yards than K State last year. Um, I think when you look at it, you know, just from a total steam, like team standpoint, I think Texas Tech finishes top four top five in rushing this year and I think they go over 22 2300 yards and it wouldn't shock me if at you know maybe this team gets like 2500 yards yeah and, and the reason I'm saying that is it's kind of shocking is you look at last year's number and you talk about Oklahoma State who is a very good running team they ran for 26 and they were third in the conference so I think Texas Tech can get there but the reason I think that's so like Kind of surprising to myself, honestly. You mentioned it. You, they don't. They don't have a, you know, everybody knows this guy running back in the conference, right? right? Like maybe some Big Twelve people, you know, at Iowa State know who Taj Brooks and Siraji Thompson are, but they're not universally known within the conference. And so I think that's going to be super telling. There's going to be more open lanes. I think rushing will come a lot easier at first for Texas Tech than people think because it's going to be opening up space for the wide receivers is going to be the focus. Yeah. Right. But I think that, that the running backs and their experience 
um, really help. And don't be surprised if the left side of the offensive line is the way they go with uh, Caleb Rogers and then Cole Spencer, who hopefully can get back healthy here from his knee injury. Um, they're going to be running to the left side of the line a lot this year. Dustin, are you with him on that? Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I've been very big on using those running backs because they're your experienced guys. But also I see us using these tight ends and having huge packages out there. And we're just going to say, hey, you match up with it. And if you put safeties on these tight ends to try to cover their receiving ability, we're going to run it up at you. It's going to be like the Patriots back when they had the two really good tight ends, you know, like 10 years ago, Gronk and Hernandez. Like you couldn't match up with them. And so – I see that as a very good chess piece with using our running backs and tight ends to supplement the yeah. pass game with those guys and just create mismatches. And yeah, with the O-line and those two giant, three giant tight ends, like we're just going to try to be bigger and muscle people a little bit. Yeah. I'm with you on that too, RC. I think um, when you look at the big 12 this year and some of those teams, Baylor lost their top running backs, Oklahoma mm-hmm. state lost theirs. I think you have the third best running back room in the conference and, and maybe total room. Maybe you have the best because behind Texas, you know, Bijan uh, is Sir Roderick is Brooks better than their backup um, is. I think we're probably better than the backup behind Deuce Vaughn. So I think you have a really good shot of being the, you know, third best rushing team in the conference with these two guys leading the way as long as they remain healthy but let's go ahead and get into the wide receiver part of things this is one of the most kind of unknown groups uh, when you're talking about position groups at Texas Tech you have Miles Price who a lot of people are high on but you know last year I think he only had about 500 yards receiving other than that you didn't have anybody else uh, go over 200 yards so it's a relatively unknown group a relatively unproven group but let's go ahead and dive in on Miles Price uh, from the slot position, what are your expectations for him? Are you as high on him as everybody else, and are you expecting him to really blow up this year? I don't know. I guess it would depend on what's your definition of blow up, um, so, to be honest. So I think – so I'll go ahead and get into it like what I have for his over-under here. 1,200 yards receiving. The leading receiver for Western Kentucky last year had 1,900 yards. Their second leading <laughs> yeah. receiver had 1,400 yards. Um, so him – because I, I also want to be realistic. We haven't had a thousand yard receiver in, I think since Antoine Wesley. So uh, 1200 yards over under 10 TDs kind of in that range is what I'm yeah, thinking I right think, now. Yeah. I think under um, on the yards, not by much. I'd probably say like 1100. Um, yeah. He's going to be the guy that leads his team in receiving. There's, there's no if, ands or buts about this. As long as he stays healthy, he's the guy. Um, yeah, but I think probably like 1100 just below that. And the TDs is the interesting part to me because right. you talk about the size and the, um, on the outside and at the tight end position and how deep the running back position is as well. Miles price for me, in my opinion, a lot of his touchdowns have to come in that, like just outside of the red zone range. Right. Where it's like, you know, you're, yep. you're on like the 32 yard line and he just makes a guy miss and he's in the end zone. Like, yeah. or it's just a broken Break play for 75 yeah. yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 10 is honestly a really good number. Um, you know what? I'm going to screw it. I'm going to say push. All right. He didn't give me a half. Like so that. I'm going to say push. <laughs> yeah. 
Dustin, you where are you with uh, Miles Price's numbers here? Uh, I tried to I tried to you know come up with good numbers, knowing that most yeah, of these I, guys haven't reached them here at Tech, and so it's hard to come up with things that you think like if I'm a a bookie, would this be something that I would you know get money on? Is this a fair line? And so that's what I'm tr- well, I was trying. It's difficult too because you don't know exactly what the yeah. offense is going to look like. Like you don't exactly, know. Yeah. You're, you're just right. trying to like yeah, throw no something clue. at a board and hopefully you know not look yeah. crazy. I think those are actually good numbers though. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll go under on both of those mainly because I think our offense is going to be way more balanced, and like I said, you just got a lot of other options at running back. You're going to hopefully run the ball a little more. You shouldn't have to throw for six thousand yards and a nineteen hundred yeah. yard receiver like Western Kentucky, um, but hopefully he still gets over a thousand and breaks it breaks that and gets into that group of great tech receivers. And the under on the touchdowns, just because, I mean, if you start listing out better, our options inside the 10-yard line, I mean, he's, what, fifth, sixth in line on that? Like, you got two quarterbacks that are higher up that can run those RPOs, two running backs, two tight ends. You got, what, two, like, six, five wide receivers that are the better goal line options for those kind of passes. You know, I don't want to throw the Jakeem Grant yeah. fade jump ball like we used to (laughs) to him (laughs) um so i'll take the under there just because i hope there's better options for us and i totally agree with rc he's just got to be that you know outside the 20 25 or the big play type guy and and just break one but i can totally see him and rc tell me if you're with me here being having a jakeem grant type year at that slot position with kitley's offense and being one of these Texas Tech great slot receivers that we talk about for years to come. I think he's going to be uh, a really good, almost like security blanket in a way. I don't think there, there's you'd be hard pressed to find a guy that's as shifty as Jakeem Grant. So I don't like putting that label on him. But in terms of role, right. yeah, I think he's going to have a similar role uh, to Jakeem yeah, yeah, Grant, yeah. where um, they're going to utilize him in a multitude of ways. Don't be surprised if he's in the backfield um, at all. I've heard some fun play designs they've had with him in practice and then um also at the same time like i think when you look at what he's going to do he's going to be that guy in the middle of the field for you that where he's not going to go deep a lot but when he does it could be impactful but it's to clear out maybe as a you know disguise but he's also going to be that guy that can go across the middle and you just do a little dump off right there for like it's maybe like a four or five yard throw but he takes it 24 you know, it's that kind of yeah. deal. I think that that's oh, yeah. who he's going to be. He's going to have a lot of catches this year. Um, I'm not sure exactly how many, um, but I think that he's going to have a very, very good year. Um, and again, the only way I think that he gets to that over in terms of the 10 TD number is just if he just starts making people look stupid and start, you know, people right. uh, making people yeah. miss. So, um, but I think 10 is a good number. I think I think he clears um a thousand yards if he stays healthy obviously this is all predicated on health but i think he is by far the number one wide receiver for texas tech and i think there is a um pretty sizable gap um to that next tier just because i don't we we haven't seen him produce at the power five level yeah uh, for me i'm gonna go over on those 1200 yards but i'm also gonna stay under just because i realize all the other touchdown weapons that we have and like we've pointed out it's going to have to be him breaking away and I I expect him to get a lot of those I expect him to blow the top off a couple you know secondaries this season but 
uh, to double digit wise. I don't really see that just yet, but let's get into the other guys, bunch of relatively unproven guys. So RC, who are some of the guys that you're kind of looking at to step up here? Uh, of course, we got Emmett Jones returning as the wide receivers coach and a, a guy I kind of, I think a lot uh, of when Emmett Jones was here was Antoine Wesley's jump. Uh, yeah. From the 2017 season to the 2018 season, he had 10 catches for 137 yards in 2017, zero touchdowns. Next season, he had 88 receptions, 1,400 yards, and nine touchdowns. Wow. So, Still returning guys, we got Loic Fungi, Trey Cleveland, J.J. Spartman. Is there any guys on this kind of, you know, that were here these last few years that you think that could take a similar leap to what Antoine Wesley did? Now, obviously, those are crazy numbers, so I'm not expecting that, but yeah, uh, some sort of jump, you know, like that. Oh, Trey Cleveland. Yeah, that's your guy. He's, uh, yeah, Trey Cleveland. Um, he's the guy where if he's on the field um, and earns the reps, obviously, because there's so much competition at this position. Oh, yeah. uh, but if he's on the field, yeah. he's the guy I am most confident in and taking a sizable leap. Um, I've seen it in practice last year where I remember when I was working for Red Raider Sports, I, I was I was talking to Brandon Solis when we were covering spring, and I was like, why the hell is this man not on the field more? Like, what are, what are we doing here? There was a there was a throw that from Tyler Shuck where, I'll be honest, it was, a, it was an okay throw. It wasn't one where you're just like, whoa, you know? But Trey Cleveland made a play on it where he went up and over Rayshad Williams and, like, caught it one-handed in a way. Yeah, and I was cool. like, what are we, why is he not on the field more? Like what's going on yeah. here? And yeah, and it's fine. I know it's one play. Everybody can, you know, even a blind squirrel can find a nut or whatever that old white person saying is, as I say it. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those deals where he has everything you want. You think about it. He's six, four, just runs like a gazelle. I mean, he, he's unbelievable in everything that he yeah. does. He's a junior um, if it doesn't happen for him this year, I don't know if it does. I'll just be honest. Um, but he has all the tools for it. But the guy that I'm most interested in looking at and watching this year, by far, not even close for Texas Tech, is Loic Fungi. If that man can stay healthy, yeah. I think he, he has a chance to really make a true impact. And, again, it all comes down to health for this guy. Um, but he is the perfect wide receiver. Um, yeah in this kind of environment. Um, again, he's six, four, two ten, runs like a gazelle, but he's just got a lot of, um, he, I don't know how to say this right, the right way, but I, I guess it's one of those deals where it's like, he's got TJ Vasher like traits, yeah. but it looks like he, but he's got more control over his body. If that makes sense. Um, when I've seen him healthy, yeah. but again, it all comes down to health. He's had a right. big time struggle staying healthy, but definitely Trey Cleveland, um, and Loic Fungi, those are the two guys that I am most interested to see. And uh, JJ Sparkman is pretty good too. But um, those are the two guys that I think, if we're talking about wide receivers that take that next step and are healthy, it's going to be one of those two guys. Dustin, you kind of pointed that Loic Fungi was your guy there, so go in on him and, and why you think he has that breakout potential. Yeah, Loic Fungi is my guy. He he. Had some big play flashes towards the end of last year and made some huge plays and kind of, oh, like made you kind of raise your eyebrow and make, make note of who he is. And so I think him going to get more regular reps now that Easy's gone. And then the other guy you mentioned, J.J. Sparkman, he had some of those plays also last year. And so 
I think now with this new offense and probably spread the ball out a little more since there's there's Miles Price, but on the outside, it's a wide open competition with a lot of dudes, which is a good thing also. I mean, we have size. We got six four and six four and six five. Yeah, and six, five, five guys over six. So we four. got a lot of athletic love that. We got a lot of athletic big dudes, so that's gonna be great to watch. And it's not like yeah, it's like you're gonna sub one in for the other and it's like the corner's gonna look and be like, that's the same dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. as big. I've gotten so, Sparkman and Cleveland um, confused with each other so many times because they they look yeah much exactly the same. And then the like we kind of mentioned earlier, the the slot position is going to be kind of fun to watch. Of like Miles Price, he's going to be a little bit everywhere, but like how does Xavier White more fit in a full time ish role there, but also throwing him in the backfield and. Yeah. Jet sweeps and he's going to be doing a little bit of everything. And then Townsend also is kind of in that same position of going from running back, athlete, receiver, slot guy. So there's a couple guys that can interchange there also behind Miles. The, the guy to watch, though, real quick um, is Jordan oh, yeah. Brown from SMU. That transfer, yeah. walk on transfer. Um, he's having a really good camp. And I know that Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, Barrett Morton, it doesn't matter who's throwing the football. Um, they absolutely love the kid. So I, I think that that's a guy to watch. I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, right. But when he's on the field, um, he has the chance to make an impact for sure. He, he's yeah. he's one of those guys where he's a walk-on, but it's just because right. of, a you know, the scholarship crunch. He will be a scholarship player um, here pretty soon at Texas Tech. Yeah, he's been a highlight factory. Like if you watch yep. their, you know, practice highlights and stuff, he's had several of those. The couple names I'll throw out that I'm really interested to watch this year, Jaron Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see him in this second year and how he uh, performs. He was another guy who only had limited, you know, receptions last year, but he had some of those kind of wild plays that you could see that potential. So I'm curious what kind of leap he makes from year one to year two. Uh, and then uh, the transfer, Brady Boyd. I, I'm I'm very excited to see what he does. He's another guy that you've seen uh, have some highlights uh, being posted on that. Uh, Looks like he's going to be a factor there too. And has, like we said, this is open competition for all these guys. And so who's going to step up? There's a lot of different candidates for it. uh, So I'm excited to see them. So back to the coach, Emmett Jones returns. We've, you know, very familiar with him. He spent a lot of time here. So RC, what does it mean for you to have Emmett Jones coming in uh, with this young receiving core? Uh, how important do you think his hire was for Joey McGuire and the staff? Oh, it's critical. Um, a guy that knew Texas Tech already, the ins and out of it. Yeah. Joey McGuire has talked about that too, where he was trying to keep guys or bring back guys that knew about this university here um, because that's one less thing he has to worry about um, in the sense of a new guy coming in and trying to learn the ins and out of this university. Like Emmett Jones knows Texas Tech already. Um, so that's a, that's a very big thing. Also, the recruiting aspect of it. There's not very many um, better recruiters in Dallas, in the DeSoto, in the um, just DFW area in general. Um, Emma Jones is absolutely electric. But from a coaching standpoint as well, you know, there, there's a reason that Kansas made this man the interim head coach when Les Miles, you know, inevitably left, Right. Like, there's a reason for that. This guy is a well-respected, highly accredited coach um, at every level he's been in. Um, Remember, high school football coach, too. There you go. Another one for Joe McGuire. Um, 
but he just produces. He, he produces guys to get them to maybe not their full potential, whether that's just because of a quarterback, offensive line, whatever it is, but he gets the most out of his position group um, and helps those guys be in the right situation and prepared for different types of, you know, scheme, whether that's, you know, zone, man, um, you know, whether they're talking about single high safety, double high safety, okay, they're using, you know, the star position to come down. He's going to come down and look like he's blitzing, but he's actually coming up to chip block you on a slant route, whatever it may be, right? Right. He has guys ready. Um, And I think that that's the biggest thing about Emmett Jones is, you know, looking at what wide receivers have done the past few years, and to be fair, it's really not their fault with the quarterback situation. Um, Yeah. You've just kind of, it's just kind of left you like wanting more. I think you'll have a little bit of that this year with Emmett Jones, just because there will be more rushing. But I think also wide receivers will have a far more heavy impact um, on the success and the sustained success of Texas Tech offense because Emmett Jones knows which guys do X right or knows what guys right. do Y right or whatever it is, right? Um, yeah. So that that's kind of what I think about Emmett Jones. But, I, I mean, the biggest thing for him is um, obviously the coaching aspect of it. But he knew Texas Tech, and he's an elite recruiter. I mean, just simple and plain, an elite recruiter. Yeah. I think he definitely raises the ceiling for this room. I think you add him in and all these relatively kind of unknown guys, I think he does raise the ceiling for what they can be. So I'm super pumped to have him back. Dustin, what are your thoughts on the return of Emmett Jones? Yeah, RC, I had mentioned that too, that bringing back a former Texas Tech coach was a big deal. And I heard – Drew McGuire on an interview the other day mentioned that, you know, he kept the, I think it was the football yep. operations guy for that same reason is because he didn't want that person coming in having to learn what they need to do with Texas tech at the same time as him. Like that helps bridge that gap of everything. Um, and then I think kind of like you mentioned, he's a great recruiter for finding talent, but then his development, I think has always been a really good key thing. Um, and what that is on the field in the locker room, I don't know, but it's always shown and been proven. I mean, Brooks just mentioned our Antoine Wesley numbers that blew up like crazy. And we have guys, there's been years in the past that we've had similar receiver rooms that we were like, oh, we don't really know who some of these guys might be. And then, boom, one, two, three of them just kind of are really solid throughout the whole year. And so it's good to know what you're getting in one of your assistant coaches like that and bringing back a familiar face. So Zach Haley had two wide receivers go over a thousand yards last year. Uh, I know we're all in on the miles price going over a thousand RC. Is there any way in your mind that you think that we could possibly have two guys reach that number? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if, I think if there's a second guy and we'll get into that here, I think it might be a tight end. So Let's go. Let's go into the tight end room. Um, best tight end room ever at Texas Tech. I mean, full room. Uh, I think you have to give Jason Morrow that nod yeah, as like to say, yeah. the best. But he wasn't sure. really, to me. He, you know, just that big Travis Kelsey like wide receiver. Um, so, what, what are your thoughts on this tight end room? I think it might be the most versatile tight end room Texas Tech has had. Um, best overall skill wise. I mean, if you look at you know, the recruiting rankings, yeah, it has to be just because Baylor yeah. Cup is the highest regarded tight end By ever. Far. 
according to 24 seven. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the most versatile. I mean, the, I don't know if you've asked this already and maybe I just answered it wrong, but my, my answer for who is the most interesting player on Texas Tech's entire roster, defense, offense, special teams, whatever, is by far Baylor Cup. By far. Like, it's not even, like, like, it's not a conversation because I think he's a guy where I have no idea what to expect. Like, nothing. Like, I I don't know. Like, everything is there trait-wise. Like, everything is Mm -hmm. there physique-wise. But... I have no idea what to expect. It would not shock me if Baylor Cup has two catches this season. It would also not yeah. shock me if he has like 45. Like it yeah. would, I, I don't know what to expect. And so like he's the guy that I think can um, – sure. I do know this about him. He's going to block like hell. So there's that in him. Yeah. Um, but from a receiving standpoint, I have legitimately no idea what the hell to think. I have no idea, let alone as if he's going to stay yeah. on the field and be healthy. Because he's had two pretty big injuries in his career, and there's a reason A and he transferred from A and M was because they were not trying to get him out the door, but just like pretty much sending him a message like, "Hey, we got some younger tight ends here. Like, you're not going to see the field right. a lot." But um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of just strictly um, versatile, by far the most versatile tight end room you've seen. Best tight end room, I don't know. I, I think Jason Morrow. I mean, I don't even care who was behind him. It's just hard to say that. You know, it's yeah. a better tight end room than that guy. I don't. I'll say this: like, I don't. I don't even think these tight ends match his best season yardage-wise combined. Yeah, I can yeah, see Dustin, that. Yeah, you go in on this tight end room and kind of what your thoughts are about it. So this, the tight end room in that group is my favorite going into this year because the size we have in Baylor Cup at six seven and Mason Tharp at six nine is incredible, and then. You had Mason Tharp out there as a true freshman a lot last stud. year. Like, no, he didn't have all the catches and stuff, but he was a stud, true freshman going out there, and he is a hell of a blocker as well. And so I mentioned it earlier <clears throat> with the running backs, but, like, the mismatches you can create with these two guys and their athleticism, blocking ability, and catching, and throw in Zach Kitley and his creative mind – it's going to give D coordinators and uh, linebackers, defensive back safeties nightmares of having to match up personnel. And then on the, like, what do you do on the field? Are they going to run it? Are they going to throw it? And we mentioned the, the goal line packages we can do with, with those guys. It's going to be incredible what we can do. And I mean, RC, you're totally right. We don't know. We shouldn't set too high of expectations for Baylor cup just yet because of the injuries, but it's hard not to get sure. a little. You see, little you see the five like, stars. Oh, man. what could be yeah, though? You see the five stars. Oh, you you just see you can see, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you just want to run to it, and so you, you see it there. And I saw it with with Mason Tharp last year. I thought like just getting him on the field a lot to block and being like maybe his coordination and catching is not there yet, but he got a lot of snaps last year that I thought are really valuable going into this year. And so this is. They're my favorite position group of the whole team from this year because the ceiling can be so high. Like I don't even know where it could be, but it just also leads into everybody else having great success too. Yeah, I I love tight ends, especially like nowadays. You look at 
several of the best teams in the NFL and the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, like is obviously the easiest example for that and how he is utilized and how he opens up that offense for the receivers. Um, you know, most the most successful NFL teams have a tight end like that that can really create uh, and, and create other yeah. space. So I'm really looking forward to having these weapons. RC, how do you think? How do you think Kelly's going to use these guys this year? Do you think they're going to uh, like constantly tight end every single play, or like what? What are your expectations for Kelly and how he's going to use this deep tight end room? Because we're not even talking about Teeter, who is going to be on the field and getting snaps as well. So that's three <laughs> tight ends that you're going to be able to use. You name it, they're going to use it that way. I mean, I, I truly believe it. Um, you know, it, for me. Henry Teeter might be the most interesting one um, from the standpoint of versatility. Yeah. I think Baylor Cup is um, obviously the guy that I'm most intrigued to watch. But from a yeah. versatility standpoint, don't be – I mean, Henry Teeter's your fullback, but he's playing tight end. Um, totally. And right. so you're going to see a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think my – I tweeted this out the other day with uh, – Tyler Shuck, I think you're going to see the tight ends used in motion a lot and then run out to the flat, or maybe they run a Texas route where they just put their foot in the ground and then they head left or right, just at a 90 degree angle, right? Like I, I think they're used like that a lot because I think all these guys are um, athletic enough to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And I also think that if need be, they can serve as a chip block right there, you know, just like an, yeah. as an extra lineman for that split second where you make sure that that D end is going into the left tackle or the right tackle. And that gives your quarterback a better chance of succeeding. Right. And then worst case scenario, your tight end is just that outlet right at the end. It's like, well, I can just throw at this guy. Maybe it's just at his feet to make sure we don't get an intentional grounding, but also, okay, we got three or four yards out of it. It's better than getting nothing. Um, I think that you're going to see those guys used in the vertical passing game, especially Mason Tharp, Mason Tharp. I, I know Baron Morton yeah. was in the class last year, but Mason Tharp was by far the recruit that I thought would have the biggest impact for Texas Tech um, as a true freshman. And, you know, you could argue if that was true, but he's definitely in the conversation. Um, but I, I think that you, you, you have guys that can do it all. Um, but for me, you know, you feel really good about having three tight ends, but what happens if Baylor Cup can't go? How do you feel about this room with right. two? Right. Like that's kind of uh, my mindset with it. And I think a lot has to change if you only have two. But with three, I think you could literally go into Pandora's box and pull out anything you wanted to do yeah. with any of them. Um, and it could work. Um, but with two, I'm, on, I'm yeah. on the fence. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence, but I'm still real, so high on Mason Tharp and his potential and just that size. No I mean, six nine at, at that size and his athleticism and his ability to get out there is is really impressive and those few glimpses we got his freshman year you're just like man the potential on this guy is wild i mean you just think about it we could just go throw three tight ends out there instead of receivers like yeah, iowa state like oh like that would be crazy that's what i've always compared yeah. this to is this is what iowa state started what three or four years ago thank god those guys have graduated they can't rely on them, but they created such bad mismatches for us. And, and so I, I want to throw another name in there too, real quick. Don't yeah, forget Jaden York. Don't forget Jaden York. He's a sophomore, um, I believe, from Austin. I think he went to Bowie. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I can't remember that. But he's six four, like two fifty. 
basically like a yeah. um he, he's basically like Mason Tharp except you know four inches shorter. Um yeah. he's that kind of guy. Um I, I think he could make a really big impact um down the line for Texas Tech. And don't be surprised if he's in there um for long stretches of time because he, he is one of those guys that is a very good blocker. Um and Kitley has said at nauseum that he the first thing that he wants his tight ends to do is block. You know, mm-hmm. pass catching will come second. Yeah. Um and so I, I think that Jaden York could see some snaps this year. How many? I don't know. Um, and if all three of those yeah. guys stay healthy, probably a lot less than I would even consider. Right. Um, but don't be surprised if he's out there. And then another name, too, um, I, I don't know how much he's going to be out there, but we've seen him sometimes. It's Jason Lloyd. Don't be surprised if he's used in, like, a fullback role. Um, wouldn't be surprised by that either. Yeah, Joey said this a lot, especially with like the running back room. They're going to ride the hot hand. I could see that being the case for tight ends too, right? Yep. If, if yep. you know one of these guys is providing the blocking that you need, then I think you're going to see a lot of them. And and a lot like the offense might be, it could be game to game. Maybe this is Mason Tharp's game. Maybe this is Baylor Cups. So kind of questions that I'm I'm real curious about uh, for both of you guys here. Who do you think ends up having more touchdowns this season? Mason Tharp, maybe. Henry Teeter, Baylor Cup, RC, who do you have leading this room in touchdowns this year? Mason Tharp. Yeah, I have that too. Mason Tharp yeah. too, yeah. It's hard not to throw just middle of the field or even fade routes to him. Just, hey, go get it. He's a lot more agile than people think. Yep. Yeah. Well, like yeah. we've always thrown fades, but throwing a fade to a 6'9 guy has to be one of the most difficult things to defend in all of college football. <laughs> Well, I mean, just, just, yeah. you know, how do you feel if you're a safety, a 5'10 safety running down the middle of the field, right on the, <laughs> right down the middle, you know, right on the, the um, hash marks, right? And you see a guy that's 6'9, 265 running a 4'7 at you, and he's a foot taller than you. And if he lowers his shoulder, you're decapitated, basically. Like, wh- how do you feel? How yeah. do you feel about that? Like, sure. it's just wild. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, um, you know, you're going to see tight ends on the fade routes, but you're going to see tight ends up the hash marks a crap ton, a yeah. crap ton. And they're going to be in this vertical passing game a lot. Trust me. And don't be surprised, too. I, I've seen some videos of it where they're running plays where you have Tharp and Cup on the same side of the line, and the inside guy, you would think, oh, he's going to block, right? No, he goes and runs straight down the hash, and then the other guy on the other side goes in and chip blocks. And you're like, worth it. What, how, how is that possible? Yeah. It's not supposed to be legal like that, but you set it up to where they're both technically not on the line. Good to go. Yeah, I think if I was a safety, I would, I would think about finding another career. Like if we're starting to have six, nine tight ends that can move like this, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's why I quit football. I got ahead of the curve early, you know. Yeah, that's why I quit football. <laughs> so Dustin, I'll start this question with you. Who do you think has more yards? out of this room you know i'm gonna hope that baylor cup has more yards for you just using his versatility athleticism um not hating on mason tharp i could see this also being like we just debated the running backs of like it could be 50 50 up in the air both of them having great touchdown and yardage seasons but i'm gonna hope for for baylor cup having having the more yards i have that as well rc who do you think mason tharp Mason Tharp. Okay. Until you prove it. No yeah. disrespect to Baylor. Just yeah, stay on the field, no, then yeah. I'll believe it, man. That's it. I think either way, 
either of those picks is pretty good. So last season, our top two tight ends combined had 504 yards, five touchdowns. So trying to think of a good over-under for that, for this room, and how I think Kitley is going to utilize these guys. I have these three guys. I have over 1,000 yards for this room and over 10 touchdowns for, or over under 10 touchdowns for this room as a total. That's all three guys. And, and even those other two guys that, that RC mentioned here that might find themselves in the past game as well. So I, I don't know if those are valid numbers, uh, if we're going to be able to double that up, but I just think that Kitley's actually going to use these guys more than Cumbie did and mm-hmm. more than Yost did. And I know Wells was all in on the tight ends and we never really got to see them, uh, fully used. So RC will kick it over to you. Um, do you think those are fair numbers, or do you think hey, we need to lower those a little bit, or or where are you at? I'd go under um, for both. Um, you know, if you have all three in there, I don't think it's a crazy number. Um, I think personally, if you're including all three, I think a you know seven fifty is probably what I would say okay. seven fifty and seven. Um, but also, again, you know, it only ta- you know it, the crazy part is you have that five oh four. I think 150 of those yards came off of two Travis Kuntz broken plays. Yeah, Yeah. like where he got 75-yard TDs or whatnot. Um, So I I think probably 750. So I go under for both. But I think there is the potential to get close to that, especially if Baylor Cup does stay healthy. And I think the only way it does go over um, realistically is if, these wide receivers don't step up and Kitley's for, basically not force fed uh, force feeding the tight ends, but they're more integral in the vertical passing game because the wide receivers right. on the outside aren't stepping up. Yeah. So Dustin, I'm guessing you're under, I'm under on the yards. Yeah. I'd say closer to the 800 yard mark. Like RC was hinting at, I'll take the over on the touchdowns though. Just using these guys size on that goal line and, throwing the ball either up to them or letting them box guys out and just catching it in front of them. And so I'll take the over on the touchdowns at 10. Yeah, I think I would like to see us be close to that thousand. I I really would with the potential of this room and and Kitley running this offense. I would like to see it. I'm going to go under there, but I'm also going to go over on the touchdowns just because I think these are red zone weapons that we are going to be able to take advantage of their height, their agility, All of that stuff is just a mismatch for just about everybody in the secondary. And so I see these guys being problems in the red zone. Maybe that's why you have wide receivers that have lesser numbers is because these guys, hopefully these guys are stepping up and becoming legitimate options in there for you. So let's get to the maybe one of the other most unknown groups, and that's our offensive line. This is one of the things that as soon as Joey McGuire came in here, it was let's fix the trenches on both sides. Let's try to get – uh, whatever transfers we can in here, they're heavily recruiting that, um, you know, in, in the high school ranks right now, trying to get offensive linemen, defensive linemen in here to, you know, work on that. So, um, RC, just your thoughts on what he's been able to do in trying to plug up this offensive line through the transfer portal uh, and what you think that this group could provide for us this season. Yeah, I think he did a all right job. Um all yeah. things considered. I don't think it was brilliant by any stretch of the imagination, but it was all right. Um, you know, you go out and get a guy in um, Cole Spencer, who obviously has a lot of lineage playing with Zach Kitley. 
um, at Western Kentucky, but there's an injury risk there too. I mean, he's got a knee injury. How much is he going to be able to play? He hasn't been able to participate in fall camp yet. And it, you know, it seems like in, again, coach speak, um, Joey McGuire is like, Hey, he's a week or two away. Well, coach, you, yeah. he's been, he's been a week or two away. It feels like for a long time. Um, yeah. and again, no, no disrespect the to Dylan him. That's just kind of, yeah, exactly. Dylan Cantrell exactly. day to day. Exactly. Season. And that's fine. Like I get what you have to do. Um, He's a guy to watch. I think the center position is going to be super interesting with Wilburn and Briggs. You bring those two guys in here. Um, and then you got Mills and uh, Bohannon on the outside at right tackle. And then Wright, which is surprising. I thought he would have a spot locked up. But apparently him and um, – I butcher his name every time. Is it Shanahan? Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's a right yeah. guard. Um, those two guys. Um, so, you know, the, guys I'm, the guy I'm most confident in by far is Caleb Rogers. It's not close. I think yeah. he's going to be an all Big 12 type yep. guy. Um, the guys that I'm most interested to see that they brought in, Mills has to be up there because I think if you can really solidify that right tackle spot with already having your left tackle solidified, I think that does wonders. Um, because if Cole Spencer is what he is, and maybe he doesn't even live up to the expectations that we think, but if he is just a solid, like that's all he needs to be is solid. Doesn't have to be fantastic. At left guard, you're good. Um, I think Weston Wright's going to win the right guard job. I'm, again, surprised that he's not already locked in there anyway. So that leaves you with the center position. And it's interesting. I think it's a coin flip. I'd probably go with Briggs, question mark, as the guy. Um, but again, it wouldn't shock me if Wolverine. But overall, like the guys they brought in, I don't think it was sensational. It wasn't bad. They got bodies in here, um, which is half the battle. Um, but the big thing for me that they did was they got guys in the transfer portal that have more than just one year of eligibility, right? Yeah. So you got a guy in Mills yeah. who can be here for a long time, right? Wilburn here can be here for a while. Played a little bit for Texas. Like he's been at Texas Tech, but he's still got some more years of eligibility. Same with Briggs. Yeah. So I think that that's really what you look at um, long-term is, hey, it might not be a quick fix this year, what they did in the transfer portal, but I think that they got a couple of guys that can make an impact maybe right away, but will definitely be uh, maybe stalwarts yeah. on the offensive line moving forward. And don't forget about um, Jacoby Jackson either. Jacoby Jackson, yeah. he's getting a lot of praise in camp. I, I had a uh, friend tell me that was at um, the past – oh. I think it was four or five um, practices that he was the best offensive lineman Texas Tech had, and that includes Caleb Rogers. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Dustin, your your thoughts on this, you know, kind of patchwork line group, but it, it looks like they've tried to put in a lot more depth a, a, as well. I, I think that's one of the, maybe the strengths of this group is, like you like RC just mentioned, there's multiple guys competing for these roles, so it looks like this – you know, coaching staff at this point has confidence in multiple guys that run some of these positions. So your kind of thoughts on this group looking in at the beginning of the season and a group that's kind of been a struggle for us over the last, you know, several years. Yeah. I don't know how much we raise the the talent level, like of the five guys we're going to put out there. But I definitely think the boy, eight, nine, 10 guys we just mentioned, like the depth and the talent are much higher than what it has been in the past. And that, is a big factor. Like you already mentioned, Cole Spencer's kind of dealing with a knee thing. That doesn't mean we're going to fall off at that position. 
now. Whereas in years past, if we lose a guy like Terrence Steele or somebody on the on that line, we're like, oh no, like how are we going to supplement that that guy filling in and help him out? And maybe now, like they brought in a lot of guys that have experience, um, and also, like you said, has a couple years to play, but they've played meaningful football already. And so that's kind of a big deal too, I think. You know, you're bringing in a lot of depth and competition, and that only makes everybody around that room better. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this group does. And as long as we don't have anybody who ends up being as noticeable as TJ Stormont was last year with all the penalties and stuff like that, I think we're going to be all right. Uh, That dude was, I don't know, that dude was killer for me. I I hated every time he got, what, several penalties a game. Uh, on called for stuff. So hopefully they can clean up some of that stuff. Um, I do like the coaching hire that we made, Coach Hanvey hiring Absolutely. him, a guy who was yeah. on one of the best line uh, lines that we had at Texas Tech during that run with Mike Leach. So, RC, what are your, th- what are your thoughts on Hamby, uh, you know, following Kitley over here, and what do you think that he adds to this offensive line that, you know, might help benefit this kind of piece together line right now? Provenness and reliability. I think that those yeah. are the two biggest traits that Hamby, Hamby brings. Um, you know, he's proven it at multiple levels now. He's taken, quote-unquote, lesser talent um, and elevated it on his offensive line. And don't get this twisted. He's a big reason for Zach Kitley's success, and Zach Kitley knows that. Like, yeah. Zach Kitley knows that. Without your offensive line, you're not going to have time for Bailey Zappi to throw for 6,000 yards. You're just not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he's a, he's a big reason um, Zach Kitley has had a success, and vice versa. Um, just being um, paired together like that, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, we're talking about maybe even next year if Texas Tech has a great offense that Hamby and Zach Kitley leave just because, again, a power five school is going yeah. after them. Obviously, not ideal, but I could see it. Um, and, but that also means Texas Tech probably overachieved, which is fantastic. Um, Great for us. So sure. I think, you know, just, again, reliability, man. I mean, he's so reliable. He knows this university like the back of his hand. You mentioned it already. He's played here before. But I think he's reliable more so to his players. You hear that from really the whole coaching staff in general is reliable. Like, it just feels like they're a different vibe. And I think Hamby has a lot to do with that. Um and he's just really good with the technique, man. I mean, he is so good with these techniques. The guy, again, there's there's guys on this offensive line that have talent. You know, they're playing at a power five level. Right. Um, but our coach is going to get them to their ceiling. I think Hamby allows them to get closer to their ceiling than previous offensive line coaches Texas Tech has had, um, which I guess isn't really saying that much um, because some of these offensive line coaches have been dog, you know right. what. Um, but, uh, I think Hamby has that. And again, I, I think the, the proof is in it because if you would have told me that my buddy again, would have texted me, he's been to four or five practices, as I mentioned about Jacoby Jackson, if you would have told me that in spring, I probably yeah. would have laughed at you a little bit because I've seen Jacoby and, and again, he was 18 years yeah. old last year, right? He's right. 19 this year. Just do this six, six, three thirty-five. He's still learning his body. Right. Like I barely know how to use my body and I'm five ten a buck sixty five. Okay. And twenty-eight yeah. years old. But don't get me started. Right. So like, but that progression has just gone and just done amazing things. And that's that's a testament to the coaching and going into the weight yeah. room and figuring out your body a little bit. Um so you gotta give Jacoby some credit too. But I think Hamby 
that's really what he brings is just that reliability um, and just just the knowledge, you know, just just something that Texas Tech has struggled with to find as an offensive line coach is just can he actually teach the technique and can he adjust? And he's proven at multiple levels he can. Yeah. Dustin, your thoughts on Hamby uh, and what he brings to this line? Yeah, we mentioned kind of uh, McGuire keeping guys around or having tech guys. Kim Jones, like he double dipped here. He got a former tech player and a guy that Kitley knows and knows Kitley's offense. And so like, that's just should be a seamless transition for him to come in um, and crush it here. And, you know, we always love bringing former, former players back and embracing our own. So I'm, I'm really excited for him because he was on some really good offensive lines back in the day here. So he's seen it done at, as a player and as a coach. So I'm really excited for him to be heading up that group. Yeah, I'm pumped for him. I love a coach that when we get an offensive line recruit, his gift that he posts is him uh, shoving a dude in the face for Ole Miss. Like, I just love that kind of big, nasty attitude. And I'm with you, RC. I think he raises the ceiling for this group. Having a guy that can teach you the right technique, um, like – those little details go such a long way and we just no haven't doubt. had that. We, it's been so long since we've had that. So really looking forward to seeing what he can do with this offensive line. Um, but that pretty much covers our every group that we've got here. So RC, I'll kick it over to you. Any parting thoughts you have on this offense, any bold predictions you want to make for this offense? Um, here's your floor to do so. No, I think just, I, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but just be realistic about it. There's going to be ebbs and yeah. flows. Um, it's going to take some time. I think a lot is predicated on the offensive line um, early on. And remember, you're—I mean, this is probably the hardest schedule Texas Tech has had in a decade. So, um, yeah. and a first-year yeah. head coach, um, and you're not sure right now, three weeks before the season starts, who's going to be your quarterback. Um, not to mention three-fifths of your offensive line. So um, I would just say be patient, yeah. be realistic about it. Um, I do think that Texas Tech has talent. Will it happen this year and be put all together? I don't know, but I'm very excited to see um, this staff in this group of players um, because there's just this feeling in, um, around this program from even Dallas and just you know still being able to cover it from here where – it's like, okay, I, I haven't experienced anything like this covering this team ever, you know. Yeah. Um, I just haven't. I, you know, the last time that I felt any kind of excitement at this kind of level or anywhere near it was when Baker Mayfield was coming to, back to Lubbock to play Patrick Mahomes. That was a game, right? But, like, yeah. you have, you have <laughs> this excitement, not just for this year, but it feels like it's going to be sustained with the recruiting and stuff that's going on yeah. as well. So, you know, I think, again, I, I hate to just feel like I'm the Debbie Downer of the group and everything, but – uh, just be realistic about it. There's going to be ebbs and flows, as I mentioned, but all in all, super excited to see what the staff and these group of players do because, I mean, shoot, we're what? Less than three weeks away, about two weeks yeah. away now, or I guess yeah. a little over yeah. two and a half weeks. So there you go. No, I, I think you make great points there, and it's something we try to preach to Texas, Texas Tech fans a lot is – being realistic like come on i i know we all want joey mcguire to be successful and win 10 games this first season but we haven't won more than seven games in regular season uh since leach was here (laughs) so tempering our expectations a little bit like hey if it's six and six this year 
you know, as long as we can I'll see take some it. of those improvements, you should, like, you should let's, take let's it. Be excited. Yeah. yeah. Be excited about that. Um, yep. We got to see some of those things. Dustin, any parting thoughts that you have on this offense, any bold predictions, any other statements you want to make? The more we talk about this offense, the more excited I get and, and want to, to right. overreach and, and I try it's to tamper, to but, this year, which is natural. Like that's what you should be doing. Yeah, that's what I you mean, should be doing. hundred percent. That's why I feel like the Debbie Downer. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I don't even know how bold this might be, but like our offense should be top two or three in the big 12 this next year. I could see and top 20 in the country. All right. I like that. I mean, he did it at Western Kentucky. I think he can do it at Texas Tech. You got better weapons here, I think. And I think we have, the, yeah, we have the pieces, I think. So here's here will be a couple of my bold predictions. I'll throw this out there. So I've got three position players with double-digit touchdowns. I've got wide receiver, tight end, and a running back. I think we'll have three guys who would go over double digits on the touchdowns. And I think we'll have two first team all Americans at the end of the season. I think miles price and whichever tight end Baylor cup or Mason's Tharp asserts themselves as kind of like that dominant force. I think could see themselves as first team all Americans at the end of this season. So those will be, and then my last one, uh, Tyler Shuck will remain healthy all season long. That's my bold prediction is we'll have quarterback health. He didn't say as the starter uh, though. First. They didn't say he's the starter. So whoever no, 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 no. You, is, we'll remain. I mean, yeah, he could be healthy all year. Just, you know, be on the bench. You never know. Yeah, um, so true. So I, I, I'm, <laughs> what I wrote down here said QB will remain healthy all season long. There you go. Fair enough. So. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I think – um, Yeah. I think for okay. me the bold prediction, I guess if I had one, I hadn't really thought about it. But the first one that came to mind was – um. Texas Tech will have a top four quarterback in the Big 12. Don't ask me who it is. I don't know who it is. Yeah. But, um, I mean, y'all know my opinion on who it is. But yeah. I yeah. whichever one it is, it doesn't matter. There'll be a top four quarterback in the Big 12. I think, yeah, I, I agree with that. I believe in what Zach Kittley can do with the quarterback. And, and if it's this tight right now, I think that means that they believe that they can do, they can do that with any one of these quarterbacks. So, uh, it's exciting times, you know, you, For sure. you, you want to be realistic, but it is a exciting times. This is as most excited as we've been for Texas Tech in a while. We got back in on season tickets for it. Uh, we're all bought into the Joey McGuire era. We want Jeez. success. We need some football success in our lives. Being fun at basketball, being good at basketball and baseball is a lot of fun. But when you have football going, that's just like a completely it's different, different man. thing when you have it's, yeah when you have the Jones pack, the tortillas flying, and you're winning those games at the Jones. It's it's different. It, it, it's different. So, um, so we are thankful to have you on RC. It's been a minute it, since we were able to talk to you, but happy to have you join the tailgate again. Give us all your thoughts on this offense, and uh, we look forward to the Joey McGuire era kicking off in just under three weeks. Uh, so once again, RC, if you want to go ahead and shout out everything that you're doing right now, I know you're uh, all over social media with Texas Tech stuff and you you got your little sports gaming thing going on. So give everybody uh, what they can follow you at and everything like that. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at RCNB323. I look like a 12-year-old in the Dallas skyline. Um, but 
yeah, I, I do that. And then uh, the Back to 12 podcast and that YouTube channel with uh, Texas Tech legend wide receiver Lyle Leong Jr. Uh, we're starting that back up here in just a little bit. Also do Gaming Today stuff, um, which is sports betting. Um, that's at Gaming Today News. But, you know, just a lot of stuff like that. Um, but I'll be out there, too, for um, going to actually watch basketball practice um, the weekend before right. the Houston game with my buddy Tobias. I don't know if y'all know who that is, but um, yeah. yeah, buddy Tobias, we're going out there um, to watch basketball practice and then uh, going for the Houston game. So I will be having um, numerous cervezas, obviously have to All stop right. at Dirk's chicken and then uh, hopefully watching go. a Texas tech game um, and not dying yeah. in the scorching heat. I hopefully can be uh, lucky enough to sit in the press box because guys, I am just not built differently anymore. This, 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 yeah. This uh, sports media stuff has made me to where it's uh, – I need some AC. I need the AC. I'm that guy you now. Know what that life like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I lost it, man. I, I remember my first two years at Tech, I was the kid uh, waiting in lines with my buddies for a long time, whether, you know, for football games, basketball games, whatever. Um, and uh, one of my uh, friend's uh, little brothers goes to school there now, and he was like, should I have to wait for the line? And I was like, man, I don't think I could do that. Like I, I, I just, I, what was I thinking? Yeah. Like, what was yeah. I thinking? Like, you know, I, I, I waited. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The one, the last student game I ever went to was the Baker Mayfield, Texas Tech game, um, nice. and we waited in line for nine and a half hours. Yeah. No. And thinking. I, I legitimately hated You're myself. Hard. And and we got first <laughs> row on the forty, um, which was cool, um, but I, yeah, yeah. I legitimately hated myself and realized right then, like. I am going to watch every game for my college career remainder in the press box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were both, when we you know for the tech Texas basketball game, we were walking around just seeing the line of students. We, we, we wow, were man. Each other. I'm so thankful that we are not students anymore and that we have Dude. a guaranteed spot. Yeah. The best part of being season <laughs> yeah, ticket holders is knowing you have a seat where it is and you can get there like, whenever you want. I know, I, I know where my uh, sticker is at. I know where it is. Like I know what chair I'm sitting in and everything. Oh, yeah. It's fine with me. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome, man. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to join us, talk Tex Tech offense. We can't wait to see what this season holds, and maybe we'll check in back with you later on, and hopefully offensive things are good. Maybe we can, you know, talk about how bad some of these over-under picks were. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, yeah. I made the over-under picks, so they're going to be bad. I can promise you that, fellas. All right, man. Well, thank you. Well, have a good one, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Talk to y'all next time, guys. Thanks, man. Well, we always have a great time with RC joining the show. That's his third time uh, to join the tailgate. So really enjoyed him breaking down the offense with him uh, and everything like that. But there is something we wanted to update you guys on for this season that we're really excited about. We've always called you guys, our listeners, our tailgate crashers. Well, this year, what we want to do here at Tailgate Talks is we want to crash your tailgates. That's right. This season, we want to get out and we want to get to know Red Raider Nation uh, on a more personal level. And what better way is there to do that than through tailgating? After all, we are Tailgate Talks. Rain or shine, 11 a.m., 7 p.m. kickoff. It doesn't matter. We know Texas Tech fans show up for a tailgate. But we also know that there are hundreds and hundreds of amazing tailgates out there that don't get the recognition that they deserve. This season, we want to give you 
and your tailgate a chance to be in the spotlight. If you think you got a badass tailgate, we want to crash it and we want to be a part of that. Whether you've been tailgating at a spot with your friends for 20 plus years or just this year, you and your friends are getting in on the Joey McGuire era, getting yourself a tailgate spot and think that you're going to have a pretty best badass tailgate. We want to know uh, your spot and what you think about it. Share a cold one with us and maybe show off those cooking skills, your cornhole skills, or one of our favorite things, your shotgunning a beer skills. Um, this season, nominate your tailgate or a friend of yours. If you know you've got a friend who throws a tailgate, that's a badass tailgate. Uh, nominate them uh, for their tailgate to be crashed. If we choose yours, we will come out, get to know you, hang out with you guys for a little while, and celebrate one of our favorite things about the football season and those beautiful, awesome tailgates. So that's what we're trying to do this year. We're trying to get out there. We're trying to experience these tailgates with you guys. Uh, give some of you who've been tailgating and throwing these badass tailgates for years, but don't get the recognition because maybe you're not a corporate tailgate. And hey, we're not shaming Carpet Tech on that. We love those tailgates. Those are badass. But we also know that several of you out there you know, get together with your friends and throw a pretty good tailgate with some good food, some good beers, and some good vibes. So uh, that's what we're trying to do this year. So once you see this, if you know anybody who has a tailgate, uh, if you throw a tailgate that you want to be a part of this, uh, email our email at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Find us on social media. We'll be posting about it. We'll have graphics and all that stuff for it. Uh, so make sure you nominate yourself. We have several home games to do this for. Um, so Murray State, Houston, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Baylor, um, all these games that are coming out, nominate yourself, nominate your friends, tailgates, and maybe we'll stop by. Me and Dustin will uh, hang out with you guys, give you guys some pub, and then you know from there uh, we'll talk about it on the podcast the following week, give you a shout-out, let you know where their spot is, let people know where to stop if y'all – want people to come hang out with you guys. So that's what we're doing this season. We're really excited to get it going. Dustin, I'll uh, just kind of throw this to you. What do you, I know we're pretty pumped about this idea. What do you have to say to the listeners and the people out there? Yeah, really pumped for this. This will be something new we're doing. Actually getting out there in the tailgates, in the people. Um, tailgating is one of our favorite things. And so being able to see all years and see what food you got going on and challenge you to any kind of cornhole or whatever games you got going on out there, cornhole washers, flip cup, whatever you want to play, we're down. And so we want to see, see what everybody else is doing out there and give you all some, some publicity and, and uh, talk to y'all even like, see what y'all think about the team and how games went last week. What do you expect this week? Like just feel the vibe of what's going on like, in, the, in the parking lots and in the tailgates of, of Texas Tech and the Red Raiders. Hell yeah. Like we said, we love tailgating. Uh, there's we're, we're working on maybe coming up with prizes to where if you challenge me and Dustin to a game of cornhole and you beat us, you get like a beer mug trophy or something. Um, and so we're, we're working on some fun things. We're trying to make this, you know, a thing that becomes, you know, seasonal. You know, every season you got the tailgate guys coming out to crash your tailgate. We want tech fans to really be a part of this you know so nominate your tailgates nominate your friends tailgates whatever you think is worth us showing up like we're here for it you know if whether it's just popping the back of your truck tailgate having a good time with friends we'll be there or maybe you got yourself a spot outside the baseball stadium on that grassy knoll where we threw a tailgate last year maybe you've been there for a long time and want us to come through 
Uh, we don't discriminate tailgates here. We're just down for a good time. So uh, looking forward to that this season. So look out for posts on that on social media and ways to get involved. And, and we're really excited about getting this going with us and Guns Up Nation this season and seeing what kind of content, relationships, and all that stuff it provides for us. So, Dustin, that's all we've got for this week's episode. Do you have a final shot for us this week? No, I don't have anything anything else to add this week, man. I don't really either. The only little thing I'll shout out is uh, Mac McClung was nominated to play for like the Team USA World Cup qualifying team. So, uh, you know, after signing a deal with the Warriors and now getting to play for the USA World Cup qualifying team. So, you know, that's pretty good stuff. I uh, love watching Mac get to kind of do his thing and uh, seems like he's taking advantage of his opportunities and it hopefully is going to turn out into what's going to become a pretty cool professional career for a former Red Raider. So yeah. that's all we've got for you guys this week. Hope y'all enjoyed that interview with RC. Uh, always love having him on the show. So fun to have him back on. Unfortunately, we didn't get to talk about his Titans and what he's expecting from him. So maybe we'll have to have him on some other time uh, during the middle of the season or something like that. But make sure you are following us. Follow us on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you're rating us, giving us those five stars and reviewing us. If you listen to us on Apple, make sure you're following our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Also our Facebook Instagram and our YouTube channel to make sure you're catching those clips and interviews and all that stuff that we're posting there. And once we get into the tailgate crashers uh, timeline, we'll be posting videos from those tailgates there for you to see what went on, you know, how me and Dustin kicked whoever's ass in cornhole or, shotgunning beers or whatever the case is uh, y'all can see all that stuff there so you're going to want to follow that youtube channel especially once we get into football season and crashing these tailgates um, but once again that'll do it for us this week catch us next week when we're at week 99 and we're having another friend of the show on to talk about the texas tech defense this season can't wait for that um, but that'll do it for this week we will catch y'all at the next tailgate peace